Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show underway, brought to you by Harvest Ridge Coffee. Premier coffees delivered in small batches, always roasted by hand. Get yours at your local convenience store. Have it delivered to your office, just as we do to the Radio Ranch, or buy it yourself at uh, your local grocery store. Uh, We'd love to have everybody convert to Harvest Ridge. Joining me today, as he usually does, on I think the fourth Thursday of the month, something like that, is the mayor of Quincy, Mike Trope. Good morning. Good morning. We started this monthly appearance uh, to talk about Quincy Next. It it even, I think, predated you being the mayor. And now Quincy Next, uh, you know, this multi-year plan to move Quincy forward. Of course, we take little baby steps every time. But one of the things that's the hot-button topic is the pothole situation in Quincy. (laughs) Now, you had some forward thought a year ago. You bought a pothole machine instead of just renting one. Then somebody immediately ran into the back of it and all but destroyed it. Uh, thank you very much, progressive citizens of Quincy. Every time we try to take a step forward, somebody wrecks it. But it's back in operation now. The problem with potholes today is we could, still could have a freeze and thaw. So is this an advantageous time to be filling potholes, or do we really have to wait a little bit later? Yeah, we don't really have a choice as to pick the times when we need to fill them. I mean, some of the potholes around town are you know, really huge, mm-hmm. and people don't like to, you know, have their rims or their tires, you know, hurt or damaged. So, actually, the last couple of weeks, we've had a couple crews, two vehicles going out repairing potholes to try to get caught up. The weather that we've had this last week has been very helpful to keep the crews out there and uh, repair as many as we can, but there are still potholes that we need to address. So, again, people should call the central services, uh, you know, uh, as you, you've got one that's really bothering you on your street, give them the address, and they will get around to that as soon as they can. They're trying to work, obviously, a system and a right. grid. So, you know, but, I mean, you have to call central services and make your complaints known. Don't just think that they're going to magically know that there's a giant pothole. Now, what you're repairing today, though, could it not pop out? You know, it, it can, but the the way uh, w- when we bought the new equipment, uh, the way that uh, our crews are trained to repair the potholes, it used to be we would take a shovel or two of mix, throw it in the hole, and back the truck over it. Those potholes don't last long. If you had another snow and a plow came by, odds are the plow's knocking that recently repaired pothole uh, open again. Now they actually will, you know, dig it out, clean it, uh, put some other materials in there, level it out, stamp it. So they have been lasting much longer, and they should. And so it's an improved yes, improved pothole system. Well, you know, it, it is a, a bothersome thing. And the bad thing about it is when it starts to happen, it can really tear up and damage your car. Yes. So, you know, I don't need any help. I can damage my own car uh, quite by myself. That leads me into Broadway. Uh, the the state of Illinois is going to repay Broadway basically from the riverfront all the way out to, you know, 54th Street and maybe even beyond. But that's going to be done incrementally. The city has to get some work done beforehand. Yes. We have had a lot of streets closed, as we always do this time of year, whenever there's a big thaw. Water mains start breaking all over town. One yes. of the things you've got to do underneath Broadway is make sure you've got a modern, uh, efficient 
water delivery system. So tell us how that's going to yeah. work. So, um, again, the oldest part of town, so closer to 12th Street West, um, and actually all the way out to 24th Street, our water and sewer lines are actually under what's currently the turn lane in between the roads, okay? So, um, and then when they are broken, you don't want to have to close the, you know, the traffic down. So part of this replacing the water pipes and some of the sewers is to move it under one of the sidewalks or as close to that as we can. So eventually we know we're going to have other breaks. You don't want to have to stop two lanes of traffic. You'd like to, you know, just, if any, avoid stopping any Broadway traffic. Uh, so th that's going to be a major investment. And instead of the city redoing it and then the state comes to uh, redo the surface, curbs, sidewalks, and uh, the uh, street, it's let us go in, do the underground stuff first, and then uh, time that so then the state can follow through with the repairing the asphalt so we don't, you know, taxpayers pay for both of them. And you don't need to double up, um, you know, have the city repair the road. And then a month later, the state comes in and, you know, upgrades it again. Yeah. And you don't want to get a new road and then have to dig it up because a water line broke. Yeah. So are we on track for this to happen this, this we're, spring? We're working on that. We've uh, uh, going through our budgets. You know, our new fiscal year starts May 1st, and we're still in that budget review process of, uh, we're meeting with all the department heads. Uh, oh, it started a couple of weeks ago, and we've got uh, through at least February, probably into early March, to uh, go through all the departmental uh, meetings. But uh, overall, yes, we uh, have under utilities the dollars scheduled to be spent for that Broadway section. I think we're going out to maybe uh, uh, 24th Street is the first phase now. The state still has some other work that they have to do to take care of all the uh, driveways and corners for the handicap. There's still a lot of design work that has to be done. So they have that ongoing that doesn't impact what we're doing at this stage. But we're coordinating uh, those parts of that project. We don't want there to be a delay. We don't want the state waiting on you, and we don't want you to like to have to re- cover over something if the right. state's going to do it. Okay, that leads me to the next thing, which is your reaction to Governor J.B. Pritzker's budget address yesterday. Was there anything in his budget address that is pro or con for the city of Quincy? Yeah, I think, uh, and, and one, I, I wasn't able to listen to it, and actually just this morning I'm starting to, you know, study that, but on the first read, um, he wants to, he's proposing to eliminate the grocery tax. Uh, when we had COVID and the state suspended the grocery tax, the state also earmarked the dollars that we would have typically received uh, from the grocery tax back to the municipalities. Here, he's not doing that. So it's another state mandate that takes away. So we're frustrated, you know, the state gives you a mandate, but no dollars to do it. Here's a situation on my initial read that the state uh, wants to eliminate that tax, but is not making up the money. Um, well, let's talk about how much that is. The 1% uh, 
grocery tax, how much goes to the state and how much goes to the city? Well, the state collects an administrative fee on any of the sales taxes that they collect, and it's relatively a, it's a fraction of what the taxes are. But uh, And I don't have those numbers in front of me, Mary. But, but the most of it comes to the city? A, a big part of it, so yes. So he basically said, I'm doing this great thing yeah. for the state of Illinois, and Mike Trope's like, okay, yeah. not for me, though, not for the... Well, it's for know. every community, Yeah, right? I mean, but I mean. but the mayors of these towns have got to be saying, well, yeah, I mean, it's great that we no longer have to pay grocery tax, but if you're not going to replace that revenue to our city... How much is that going to ding us? Yeah, we're, we're talking uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, okay? And, you know, we've been gearing uh, with the sales tax. Uh, those are dollars that are, for the most part, discretionary, you know, spending. Uh, you know, like we brought in Target. Well, Target's uh, new revenues, new sales taxes to our community. We took a look at the other large retailers that were around years before Target came, their sales are, are doing fine as well. So we think that by having a group like Target coming in, that not only brought new shoppers back to the Quincy community, but they don't just go to Target. They also are going to some of the other retailers, which is great. That's really what we want. And um, so, yeah, it's... Um, you know, we've kept property tax down. We, we reduced that several years ago. Some groups, like the school district, doesn't have an alternative funding source. So, you know, they get most of their dollars based on property tax. Uh, if we can find a way to offset our property taxes with something else uh, and have a reduction, fine. Now, we're only about 14% of the citizens of Quincy's you know, real estate property tax. So even though we had a, a pretty significant drop in our rate, um, some people didn't even notice it, you know, because of the increases from all the other taxing bodies. So uh, it's a balancing act that we have to uh, do. Uh, I don't like to charge any more than we have to, but if we have other options like the sales tax, uh, I think it's great because it's not just our residents that pay but it's visitors and it's other people coming to our community, uh, participating, you know, working, living here, visiting here. And, um, you know, we, when we do that, when we go travel to other spots, we're doing the same thing. And in most cases, we're paying a lot higher rates in these other communities. So the, you know, the grocery tax, I mean, it's great because, you know, poor people pay it, rich people pay it, everybody pays it, but... Now there's no effort being made by the state to do anything to help the city out with that loss of revenue. So you are going to have to eat that, right. and that could mean lower expenditures or higher property taxes or maybe a little modicum of both. My guest today is the mayor of Quincy, Mike Trope. You're welcome to give him a shout at 217-223-9300. If there's anything you'd like to ask the mayor, that would be a great time right now to do it. I want to get into a new topic, which now is this bet on Quincy, 
was started to improve visitorship to Quincy tourism, the number of people staying in our hotels, the number of people eating at our restaurants, because we do tax those things. And now we hear that carting is coming back. Tell us all about this, please. Yeah, so the cart at South Park uh, carting and possibly uh, some type of motorcycle uh, races in the park uh, is being planned for June. And, again, I think the Quincy community enjoyed that. And the, it's a different developer but the same concept. And they're looking at, you know, not only the karting in the park, but, again, motor, you know, cycle racing in there, as well as uh, possibly concerts uh, that they can run as part of the overall event. So it brings out a lot of people. It brings racers uh, from you know, states throughout this country. It is a, a fun event. And um, anyway, so we're working with them to restart that program. The people that own Scotty Skateland and the Quincy Raceways, the Scots, yep. are, are involved in this now. Uh, I guess make the argument, you know, $30,000 from my tax money is going to help this private promoter put on a karting race. Why? Well, because it brings in so many people into our community, so we actually also increase not only hotel motel tax, uh, which the city uses to help promote further tourism and the Oakley Lindsay Center, and the city you know also uh, earns some dollars uh, for general operations through that. But and we also have that these people are going to eat out. They're going to shop in town. So it's not just coming, spending a night or two in our community, but they usually aren't packing picnic lunches and breakfast. They're eating at our restaurants, uh, getting to know the, the community besides the race. So uh, it does bring in a lot of dollars economically to our community. What about other bet on queue? Is carding the only thing they approved, or were there other things on the agenda? There's some other ones. I think the other one, this this weekend I went to the library uh, we had a uh, uh, this uh, Lego. Uh, they had a kids session uh, at the library to introduce kids that didn't know about it. Or if you are a big Lego person, gives you some other ideas. So I went there, and they they had a nice. I, don't, I think it was like nine to three, and I was there for just about an hour. And I watched uh, an elementary student, and he was with his mom. He knew how to use a, uh, you know, an iPad, but never the iPad with uh, this Lego uh, issue. And I, literally, with less than five minutes, this young man was a, and there was a Ferris wheel Lego deal set up. He got that thing rolling around. Uh, putting lights on, you know, I mean, it was doing everything but jumping up and down. And it was just that that's how easy it is. And our younger people are so comfortable testing these things out. You know, watch, you and out, I, Je- watch out, Jeff Conti. This guy's <laughs> coming for your job, right? This kid's coming for well, your job. Well, let's hope so, because in <laughs> another 25 years, Jeffrey's probably ready to give it up. So, But, yeah, so I think and learning, you know, when I was there, I'm also talking to some of the promoters. Because there's going to be a Lego convention coming. Yeah, we have that in May. And what's really interesting, they have these uh, uh, Lego masters throughout North America. Well, they had committed 
to bring in so many of the masters, which they have confirmed. But there's other masters that contacted them within the last few weeks and say, hey, do you have all the masters you need or can? Well, there's other master Lego people that are just spending their own money to come here because it's a new event and they just like to participate with that. So I think we're going to have a great showing. Uh, there'll be a lot to learn and watch. But, you know, Legos are no longer how when I was a kid, you know, you physically stacked them and connected them. Uh, you can do so much with, uh, so much more with those. And I think uh, some of the schools, I think, in our area are also using this to help in their STEM education. So, um, you know, you look at uh, the, the number of people that are using uh, Legos and the, these tools in like India versus what we have in the U.S. And again, we could learn something, um, you know, of what uh, these other countries are doing education wise. So look for the Lego convention that is coming to Quincy in May. It's part of this bet on Q. Again, these are not just subsidizing private people you have to have a certain number of hotel rooms a certain number of restaurant stays you know there's, you've got to make it cost effective i would be remiss if i didn't ask you about the roundabout it's back in committee again what's what's holding up the roundabout yeah, so uh the county you know uh has been working on that they bought all the you know the property at 48th and state that they need in order to uh make the improvements to that intersection. And unfortunately, the cost of that project has risen like every other construction project that we've been dealing with for the last year and a half, two years. And uh, so we're just reviewing the added dollars, uh, what it's going to take. And, um, you know, what's really nice about this project is it's a joint county-city project. The county's not responsible for 100% of it, and the city's not. Now, uh, there was an agreement signed way back when that once our community moved out east, then that intersection would become 100% the city. Well, we've technically met that part of the obligation. We're grateful that the county hasn't just said, hey, it's yours. Uh, they're willing to work with us on this improvement. So I, there, there's that incentive that instead of us having to make the improvement now by ourselves or in two years or three years, here uh, we have a partner, a financial partner, to help make the improvement. So that is, is it going? Something. Is it going to be a roundabout? You know, that's still being that's discussed. And it is the plan. I know the county is really... Uh, set for it. It's interesting, you know, originally, and this shortly when I you know, was sworn in as mayor, that was a hot issue. What do you think about it? And honestly, at that point, I didn't know much about it. But from a safety side, I think it is good. It would be our first roundabout in our community. I know some people that would drive through that intersection were concerned, I, you know, is it going to create more accidents, et cetera. Well, there's round. There's tons of roundabouts in Columbia, Missouri. There's Bowling Green. Bowling Green. There, there's more and more communities are using it because it's cheaper than having a uh, lighted stoplight intersection, and it's safer, and it keeps the traffic going uh, through there no matter what time of day. 
I don't believe that that intersection with the current traffic, even at its peak, uh, justifies having a lighted signals there. But either way, we need to improve because on 48th going south toward John Wood, uh, there's been some terrible accidents there. And so, you know, by adding sidewalks and uh, other things there, improving the safety is, is really something that we need to focus on. And I will tell everybody, a roundabout's not that hard. First time you drive in it, it's a little bit tricky, yeah. but you'll get it, folks. Trust me, you'll get it. Hey, we didn't talk about housing or the riverfront, and I call that a win because nothing much has changed on either Adam. So we'll save that for next time, and maybe there'll be even more to talk about. Anything else for the good of the cause before I let you go? No, I enjoy the weather. Uh, yeah. This is an awesome week. This is, this is Republican weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you buy that, I've got a bridge to sell you. Thank you very much, Mayor Mike. Oh, by the way, where were you Saturday night? You were not at Matilda. You know, I don't know. You were in an undisclosed location? Well, I was with my (laughs) wife, but I've got to find out why we didn't make it to the community theater. Um, The good news is he was with his wife. The bad news is whatever she had for him planned was not so exciting to remember what it was. So that's the bad news. Thanks, Mary. You missed a great show. And you know what I will say about this? We had... Our company sponsored Hairball, and it was a dual-use facility, and it was perfection for the dual-use facility. Great. You know, I mean, that's what the Civic Center was meant to do. You can have a rock and roll concert on one side and a children's theater show on the other, and there's a little mashup in the lobby that's kind of weird, but hey. Or the parking. Or the parking was crazy, but it all works out. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Don O'Brien's going to talk about a scam that's hit here in Quincy. The Better Business Bureau up next, but first we head up to the Ursa Farmers Cooperative to see what's happening. We are back, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Don O'Brien is here with the Better Business Bureau. I wish we didn't have a local scam to talk about, but unfortunately we do have a local scam. Somebody is out 650 bucks because in this tight housing market in Quincy, uh, they paid a hundred dollars to apply. Wow, you know, just to apply application to become application fee to become a renter. They were accepted, and so was their one hundred dollars. And then they were asked to make a deposit, which they were desperate for a place to live. So they made a five hundred and fifty dollar deposit, and then they were asked for even more money, nine hundred and seventy five dollars. And that's when they said, "Hmm." Maybe now I should call the Better Business Bureau. They yes. And Unfortunately, they're out the six hundred fifty bucks. They're out they that six hundred fifty bucks. So and t- they, how did this happen? They've learned a valuable lesson. Well, it all started on guess where? The internet, Facebook, social, net. social oh, yeah. media, ding, 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 ding. Yes, Facebook. They, uh, you know, you've really got to be careful if you're in if you see some things on these buy sell trade groups. Um, so the, this person found a found a rental listing for a house for a house on Spruce Street. Um, the rent seemed very good, so the rent rent was probably too good to be true because it was like a three bedroom, two bath for the nine hundred seventy five bucks. I mean, I would think that a, an actual house would cost you more than that, no, oh, even yeah. here in little old Quincy. Um, but there are a couple red flags in there um, that the person could have seen, but but didn't. Uh, they're a young person, so this may have been one of the first times going out into that market and doing those things. So. Um, again, we've talked here on about how younger people are now starting to get scammed a little bit more than us old folks. Uh, this is a perfect example of that. This, this person was a, a young person. Uh, they paid, um, 
by electronic forms of payment. You know, if you have those, Zelle, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. Uh, PayPal. PayPal has PayPal has two roads you can go down. If you if you denote a PayPal um, uh, expense as a business, as a, you're paying a business, you do have some protection there. But if you say, oh, this is a friends and family transaction, and something goes wrong. Well, you're out of luck. And a lot of times the bad guys want you to be a friends and family transaction because they don't want to PayPal to pay you, and they don't want that added protection. So, again, be careful if you're paying people that you don't know with these apps because uh, I know you. If you said, um, hey, I'm taking money for something, can you give me 20 bucks, cat? I know you don't have any of those things. But I would, I know you, I trust you, and I would send you that money. But if I didn't know you, I wouldn't send you any money. So the hard, fast rule on this is if you do not know the person, do not send them money. It's as simple as that. So uh, it's unfortunate. Now, the, we usually see this scam in bigger cities. We see this all, I don't want to say all the time, but with some frequency in St. Louis. Um, you know, Springfield, Missouri is our second biggest uh, uh, market in our region. We see it some, sometimes over there. Of course, Springfield's like a college town, so you get those types of things. And the other thing that should have been a tip-off to this person is they only did the um, um, communication electronically. There's never a phone call. There's never any type of uh, um, uh, viewing of the property. They weren't able to go to it and go inside and look at it. Uh, so if you're in the market for a home and you let's you know, or or an apartment, uh, a legitimate place, even if let's say, Mary, you're going to move to Maine. I'm I'm giving you a retirement home in Maine, and you just can't get out to Maine to see it. A legitimate realtor is going to give you a virtual tour with them alongside to 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 show that. And you're going to you know, there are certain steps you can take. If it's an apartment complex, they're going to have a supervisor or something that's going to be able to do some type of showing for you. If even if it's just virtually, you know, you, you can go around with your with a camera phone and show things like that. So, um, you know, there were certain flag red flags here that the person didn't see, and unfortunately, they got they got nipped for what six hundred fifty bucks. Six hundred fifty bucks. So the Better Business Bureau is there to help you, and when in doubt, call them first, and that would be a great thing. Uh, this morning, I got an email. I was joking with Quaid. Quaid, it came from Star Radio, my employer, and it says, I must open this document, and my signature is required. Uh, I didn't open the document. I'm sure it's a scam. Um, but, boy, you know how easy it is just to click, well, this we're, may be the big raise I've been waiting for. We're seeing a lot of you that know? now. It's it's a lot of impersonation scams, and they try to get you through uh, those emails. They might even be text messages. Um, you know, there's uh, our our bank here in Quincy just let us know about a, a scam that's going on, and they uh, uh, what the scammers are doing. They're texting people. Uh, saying that they're with this bank and you need to click a link to go to find your thing. Don't click the link. Don't click that uh, link. They they have the, the bank is very good about making sure that um, you know they're they're right on right slaps you in the face as, as you go to their website about this scam that's going on. So um, you know there there's a lot of different ways that they get you if you um, you know if you get something that says that your um, Xfinity account is compromised, or your Amazon account, or uh, your Netflix. There's something, something's wrong with that, and they want you to click a link. Just do not do it. You've got to put, pick up the telephone, find a legitimate number for them, and and when you find a number, don't just use Google and go to the top thing, the top thing that's listed, because what scammers do is they will buy 
targeted ads. Oh, Google uh, or you know Netflix customer support, call us here. And you know it's just it, you know if you just take some steps, you can avoid these headaches and losing as money like this person did. Well, it's just so tragic that we have so many people who are spending their whole full-time job is to try to scam people. And the thing about it is, when you think about it, you only have to maybe have a 1% success rate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once you start getting all that money out of the 1% success rate. Um, Brian Durante was on this morning with Hanson Spear Funeral Home, and he was laughing because his son is in North Carolina visiting a young lady that he's known for Four years, but just over the Internet and over the phone. And so the joke was, what if he gets out there and it's a 45-year-old man, you know? But we just came off of Valentine's Day, and Mm -hmm. unfortunately, one of the key scams is you get people to fall in love with you, but of course it's not you. Mm -hmm. You have created this persona, and, oh, I want to meet you in person, but I just can't. You know, get the airline ticket, send me the money or send me this. And by this time, you think, well, who could be that stupid? But you already have talked to him and you like him and mm-hmm. they're such a good actor. And, you know, I mean, gee whiz, everything seems on the up and up. I really want you to come and visit me. So, of course, I'll send you the money for the airline ticket. This that romance scam, what you're talking about, is one of the most underreported scams we believe. Because for the people sim- are embarrassed. Correct. You, they, they, there's a financial loss usually involved, and there's an emotional loss involved. And a lot of times, these happen to people who are older. Uh, and those those older citizens, they don't want their family to think that they can't take care of themselves. So they're just going to they're just not going to say anything. So, um, you know, if you have my dad is 80. And I'm and I'm he lives alone. My, he's a widower, and I'm always peppering him with questions every every week when I talk to him. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? What's going on over there? Because um, he lives up in Galesburg, so he's a couple hours away. So, so all um, you honeys up in Galesburg. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, so. If you'd like to meet Mr. O'Brien, Don O'Brien can arrange. There you go. Um, <laughs> the Don O'Brien dating service. <laughs> but I'm always asking him <laughs> yeah. who you're speaking to and who, who you're hanging out with and those types of things. Because if you don't ask those questions, then you might not know about some paramour who's all of a sudden, and they, what, 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 and the, again, this, this scam, um, these scammers are very sophisticated. And like you said, these are their full time jobs. They have organizations of people who, from step one through step 1000, have it, you, this is what we're doing to get this person. And once they start clicking things off the list and they suck someone in and they earn that trust, it's very hard to convince someone sometimes that this person that they love, General So and So of the U.S. Army, <laughs> they often say, they often, steal the IDs of military officers or the photos and act as if they're military. So, um, you know, it's, it is, it is a, it is a, um, a very tough thing uh, to catch and to convince people that, that, that they're being had. It is extremely difficult. Don O'Brien is my guest today on the Mary Griffith show and uh, the better business bureau is here solely for the protection of consumers and the advancement of business ethics. And we're going to talk a little bit more right after this break. We are back. Just uh, three minutes remaining in our talk with Don O'Brien, who stops by every month with the Better Business Bureau to talk about scams. There is a scam that hit somebody in Quincy. They lost $650 applying for an apartment online or a house, this was, you know, to rent. Again, folks, it's just very, 
you know, I mean, again, social media is good and bad. I mm-hmm. mean, it's how it's being used. And if you're not sure and you can meet the person in person, go ahead and meet the person in person. That's what you've got to do on this on this one. Now, I want to bring up another one that I don't know. that Have we talked about the one who here in Quincy lost money in cryptocurrency? I don't know, Don. I'm quite early onset. So Me too. You, you know, um, so so I, yeah, I can't neither of us can remember. It. So let's revisit. Let's rehash that now. So cryptocurrencies, the, the wild, wild west. If you're, the bank down the street here gets, gets robbed and all the money gets taken out of it and you have money in that bank, well, guess what? It's federally insured. Your money is going to be safe. Right. If you put a bunch of money in a crypto wallet and that crypto wallet gets, gets uh, compromised somehow... You're losing all your money. Now, that's not what happened in this case. This this woman, uh, and again, young woman in her early 30s, reported to us that she was in a group on something called WhatsApp. Uh, is like a messaging group, and yeah. they convinced her to to invest five five hundred dollars in cryptocurrency. They said, "Well, you're gonna you're gonna make your money back quickly." Well, boy, did she! She got four thousand dollars in like three weeks' time. So she's like, "All right, I'm out." Um, when it came time for her to get the money out, no, she got ghosted. So she lost $500, but she actually got lucky because in this scam, what we usually see is you lose that initial investment, then when you go get your money out, oh, you have to pay taxes on that. You not knowing anything else, you're like, okay, well, that sounds good. I'm still going to make a boatload of money, even if they take $1,200 of taxes. Here's $1,200. Here's, here's, I'll send you $1,200 more. Oh, we had our lawyer look at this too, so you have to pay some legal fees. They kind of nickel and dime you. So this woman got off easy, only the 500. We see a lot of people losing thousands of dollars in these cryptocurrency scams. So if you're asked to invest in cryptocurrency, know what you are doing. Make sure you're going through some trusted source because there are a lot of bad actors out there. But is there a trusted source for cryptocurrency? Is there anything BBB approved in cryptocurrency? Um, I would have to. I would have to okay, look. Okay, check. But you'd because have to. But you just really do your homework if you're going to be in the crypto world. It's basically the the bottom line. I asked my financial advisor maybe five or six years ago. Should I have a small portion of my portfolio in this cryptocurrency? What if this becomes like the big thing? The look on his face was like, ugh. Now I've got to advise my client. You know, I don't want to tell her no. She's an idiot. How mm-hmm. can I phrase this more? You know, yeah. nicely. Uh, the bottom line is, if you know, who does know what they're doing when it comes to any kind of investment? Yes, correct. And so cryptocurrency is very scary and very risky. And you know what? If they were really smart, they would have given her her money and then asked her to reinvest again. But they weren't that smart. Nope. We're out of time. Thank you.